0: Benders and non benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney.
1: And I'm Dante Bosco. And how about last week, Varney? I was so excited that we finally got to sit down with Giancarlo Volpe. He's yes. amazing. Such great insight on the directing side of the show. And we definitely gotta have him back.
0: Gotta have him back. I know. I can't believe how fast you dropped in that he was director of The Great Divide. We well, could is. not wait to tease him about From that. From
1: now on, I, I, I always introduce him when i john carlo the director of the great divide Volpe, in the house
0: he owns it so proudly no that was a blast and yeah it was so fun to hear from his perspective like just being in the early stages of the show and i love the story he told about seeing the pilot and being like oh my friends are up to something really cool and having no idea that eventually they were gonna ask him to be a part of it that was great great stories Speaking of being very excited about people who have been around and part of the Avatarverse for quite some time, we are going to be recapping today the final episode of Book One, The Siege of the North, Part Two. And we are very excited about our guest that's joining us for this episode. I know, and it's so exciting. This is a person who has had a very big hand in the vibe of the graphic novels, the comic books, what it's like to build the Avatarverse outside of the animated series, and we're so excited that he's going to be recapping with us. Everyone, please welcome Gene Luen Yang. Hello, Gene. Gene, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with the two of you. I am big fans of both of you, and to get to connect with this is just, uh, it's amazing.
1: It was so cool to find out that we had comic books. I think I'd met you, Gene, originally at Comic-Con San Diego or, or yeah, thereabouts right. when I first heard of the comic books or I first read from the comic books and you actually sent me uh, the promise and I think the search and I was so blown away like, oh my, I didn't I had no idea there going to be comic books in the series and I love that it extended the story of the original gang and what they did and so... Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really exciting.
2: That was actually one of my professional highlights was being on a panel with you and you actually read the dialogue that I wrote in some of the word balloons in my comic.
1: Yes, it was very cool, man. I Thank you. That was my first time seeing the comic books.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. When I got the call to do those comics, there was no way I could have said no. You know, I was such a huge fan of the show. Well, how
0: did that happen? How did that come to be?
2: So when Avatar started airing, I was a high school computer science teacher in Oakland, California. And my students, during lab time, when my students were supposed to be working on their projects, they would be talking about this show, Avatar The Last Airbender. And they'd be like debating stuff, right? Oh, is Katara going to end up with Zuko or with Aang? And I hadn't seen the show at all, but I would just listen to them talking about this. And I wanted to ask them about it, but because I was a teacher, I couldn't. So I just had to say, get back to work. And then uh, a couple of months later, a-, a friend of mine loaned me the DVD of the first season. He was like, this is the best show that america has ever made and by the third episode i, I was hooked and, and my wife who actually actively dislikes animation she would watch <laughs> with me and be like one in the morning and she'd be like let's just do let's just do one more episode oh. and I'd be like, we have work the next day but we would do another episode
1: the episodes are only 22 minutes so didn't eat into your night that much Twenty-two more <laughs> minutes babe we'll be fine
2: yeah it was nuts i mean when the show ended i was just like everybody else right i was like watching the show i was not connected to the world at all Yelling at my screen, what happened to Zuko's mom. And then a few years later. Okay, so this is how I got that gig. They announced that they were going to do this movie, right? The live action movie. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about it. I was like, we're going to get to see Appa in all of his CG glory, right? And then they announced the casting for that movie. So when the casting announcements came out, there was a lot of controversy around it because, well, it's a fantasy world that's based on real world Asian cultures, right? And they gave all of the heroic roles to white actors. And I I was mad. I was mad about it. So I actually did this comic about why I was mad. And I put it up on the web. Uh, Out of all of the things I've ever done on the web, that is the one that got the most hits, even to this day. I mean, it's been like, I don't know, like 10 years or something, right? But... One of the people who read that comic was an editor at Dark Horse Comics. So years later, when Dark Horse acquired the license to do the Avatar Last Airbender comics, that editor remembered that comic and remembered that I was an Avatar fan, a fan of the original show. So she called me up and she was like, do you want to write these for us?
0: That's awesome. This is like a dream come true story. I did not know this yeah and it's such a great example of feeling an absence of something or feeling like it's important for you to express that there's a missed opportunity at best right in that scenario but doing it in a creative and thoughtful way and using it as a form of self-expression and art in your own right I mean that's like art in its most exciting social change kind of form right
2: yeah yeah It, it was uh It was very unexpected that that happened. But I was also incredibly grateful.
0: We have to say quickly, too, that you also have had hands in the DC universe and uh, Marvel. And you've written your own graphic novel and done your own world building. So you are cooler than we are. And that's fine. And we're going to move past that. We're all going to move past it together. So because this is the season finale of book one, we should probably end on the season finale of book one note. Right. So, Dee, why don't you hit Gene up with some of our favorite questions that we like to ask our guests? And I would also add that if anyone's wondering why we're not digging deeper into the comics because we have Gene here with us, we just want you to know this is the intro to Gene. We got a lot of seasons of this podcast to go, so no one worry
1: on that. Yeah, we'll have Gene back again. Anyhow, I'm going to start with these questions. And the first question being, what kind of bender would you be? Oh man, I've
2: thought about this so long. You know, for for years I've I've thought about this question and I have to say, no offense to the two of you, but I have to say earth. I would be an earthbender. Well, uh, applause. I applaud that. No, no offense taken. No offense I taken. I never take
0: any offense. I will say the don't I never take offense. offense <laughs> shout out to the Earth Kingdom. Major shout out to the Earth Kingdom. Okay an earthbender i love it i like earth they're very strong
2: this is my logic about why earthbending it's because like when you think about all of the other elements like when you bend water when you're done it it just stays water right it stays normal water unless you're somewhere really cold but it just goes back to being normal water a fire the same way when you're done it just goes back to being normal fire air disappears disappears. yeah earth is the only one that's like permanent You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Ooh, I like this. I've never heard this reasoning before. I like this.
2: Yeah. I feel like for a lot of us who are in the arts, right? Like, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to make like some kind of a dent in the world.
0: Yes, that makes sense. That kind of
2: outlasts us.
0: It also makes sense that you as a visual artist who really has... This pen to paper representation, you might consider it different for like a singer or an actor, Mm -hmm. poet. Like there's something perhaps a little more ephemeral about it.
1: A little airbender about it. It's there, then it's gone. I could see that. I love that. I love that point of view behind it too. Also, another question we have. You touched on it earlier, but are there any particular ships that you ship
2: oh man Avatar world. <laughs> oh man you're trying to get me in trouble we came
1: in
0: with the big questions <laughs> we're getting everybody in trouble this is a finale did you
2: all talk about this yeah we've all talked
0: about it listen Zutara over here talks about it nearly every other episode if not every episode I so. am the captain of the Zutara ship I have t-shirts hats I have every-
1: <laughs> I walk around the street with a Zutara flag I have a whole army of Zutarians uh... that just roll with me and we just get all the Katangs mad everywhere we go <laughs>
2: I have to say I was when I was watching that show I was on Team Zutara as well. What? I saw you Zutara in the video, forever. Dante, with that Zutara t-shirt. And I just like... like
1: to rile up the fan base a little, a little
2: bit. <laughs> <laughs> I said that like right after I signed on to do those comics. I, I admitted that in an interview. And I got, got a lot of hate the mail. longest emails I've ever gotten in my whole life, like, including emails from my family, right? Oh, my. I'm too
1: far down the Zutara tunnel. Like, they can't even talk to me anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in your army, Dante. Yeah, there you go. I love it. You
0: go. I have to say I love it. And then anything else uh, we want to ask, Dee, before we jump into our recap? Well, of course. It always comes down to what's your
1: favorite hybrid animal?
2: Oh, man. Okay. You know, we did this one series called The Search, The artists that I was working with, I was like, let's just do all these hybrid animals and see what they do with them. Because they're such amazing artists, right? And I think out of all of the ones that I threw out, I think they did a combo gorilla frog that I really loved. Such a great job on that.
0: Gorilla frog. Yeah, it's fun when you go real small and real big and mash them together. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, let's do it, guys. How about we segue into our little, oh, this recap of the season finale of We made it, Varney. One. Varney, we We're made it. We're here. Let's We're go. We're here. We all kind of know where we are. Listen, we are in a tight spot in the Northern Water Tribe. We have the Fire Nation beginning their attack. We have Yue and Sokka having this crush on each other that, they can't really go anywhere because UA is engaged to someone else. Iroh has kind of re-entered the army because he's the inside man while Zuko is finding his way into the Northern Water Tribe himself. We have a spirit portal where... Aang is going to try to get help from the spirits of the ocean and the moon, and while he is there, we see that Zuko successfully takes Aang away, and it's a very, very tense cliffhanger moment that we left off with, and as we come into this episode, we are going to learn way more about the moon spirit, about the ocean spirit, we are going to... Find a new side of Iro that we kind of understand has always been there, but shows itself in a pretty amazing, goosebumpy kind of a way. And we're gonna see a sacrifice that absolutely makes me cry, no question about it. We also have some really great performances in this episode. Shout out to Eric Todd Dellums who plays Co. That is a ooh! That is a very cool, very creepy character. Super we'll talk creepy. More about the great John Polito as Chief Arnok. So so wonderful. And We've got returning, of course, Victor Brandt as Master Paku. We have Johanna Brady as Yue. We've got Ben Diskin in the unpopular role of Han. Does a great job being a bit of a bro. And we have two of our powerhouses. We have The Return of James Garrett. We have Mark Hamill, who also plays a different character in this episode that we'll talk about when we get there. It was written by Aaron Ehas, and it was directed by the great Dave Filoni. And it's such a great episode, and I'm looking forward to certain things, and I'm just not looking forward to other things that happen.
1: Let's go. Ending book one with The Siege of the North, part two. We basically pick up right where we left off, so the siege is resumed. Katara is miserable, and she feels responsible for Zuko taking Aang. Sokka reassures her and says that they just have to find them. Yue, Sokka, and Katara take off on Appa, and they leave Momo behind to wait by the fish pond just in case Aang returns. Now we see Zuko carrying Aang over his shoulder through the blizzard. Aang's arrow is glowing, and we join Aang in the spirit world, and then... All of a sudden he has no idea what's happening to him. He's in this whole new world and he's sitting in sort of a swamp kind of area. He follows the sound of a chanting and then he comes to find a a, a monkey guy, like a monkey ape-like figure in robes meditating. And Aang asks,
0: Hello? I'm sorry
1: to disturb you. I just really need to find the moon and the ocean spirits. Go away. You're still here. Yes, I need... Oh! Perhaps that thing will help you. Chase it. It's very Alice in Wonderland at this moment to Mm -hmm. me. When I'm watching it, it was like, what is going on, Aang? Where are you at? Yeah. And then in his reflection in the water, he sees Avatar Roku. And meanwhile, in our world, Zuko and Aang nearly collapse into breaking ice. Zuko running through the ice. Very cool shot. And Zuko finds a cave for shelter from this very wild blizzard where he ties Aang's hands up and then we cut back to the spirit world in Roku, coming out of the water and then he starts talking to Aang and he tells Aang.
0: The ocean and the moon are ancient spirits. They crossed over from the spirit world to the mortal world very near the beginning. There is only one spirit I know of who is old enough to remember. The spirit's name is Ko, but he is very dangerous. They call him the Face Stealer. When you speak with him, you must be very careful to show no emotion at all, not the slightest expression, or he will steal your face what a scary idea. Yeah. First of all, I'll quickly say that it turned out to be a very fast payoff with the second role that Mark Hamill plays because he appears very soon in this episode, but he's also the baboon spirit. So just I think it's interesting cuz everybody does additional voices, you know, that's very common. We've all, we've seen that before in many many episodes, but I, there's just something interesting about the baboon spirit who isn't interested in Aang's journey being also the same voice actor, just again, total meta perspective. But like the right. fact that that's also Fire Lord is mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. There's just something kind of interesting and cool very about
1: meta. that. And very funny. I mean, that, that baboon spirit is very hilarious. Definitely want to see more of him.
2: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I was kind of expecting him to show up again. In yeah. A later you wonder season, but he, yeah, at least he hasn't yet. Right. He hasn't shown up in the show yet.
0: Yeah. Who
1: is this guy? And he's kinda of powerful. He looks really cool. He doesn't make in the comic books, Gene.
0: He's not in the comic books anywhere. Not
2: yet. Around. Not yet. Yep. Maybe Faith Aaron Hicks, who's the uh, writer of the current one, so we'll put him in at some Maybe point. Maybe
0: she'll insert it in. I'm sure everything yeah. we say on this podcast will manifest itself. So this is definitely in the in the cards now. And also this idea of the face dealer, right? Is that does anybody know offhand if the concept of face stealing is an older myth is it part of other mythologies because for those of us who watch game of thrones obviously that's uh, a motif that recurs in later seasons of game of thrones we see oh, yeah. this face stealer so i was the wondering guy, if that yeah. had kind of a common origin that is more ancient than that
2: i i hadn't come across that but like Cole the face stealer is like one of my favorite characters oh, in the whole universe right and we ended up, in the search, we ended up doing this character that's kind of a mirror of him. But in part just because true. we loved him so much. But like when I was writing that book, I don't remember coming across anything like you're asking. Yeah. But I do know like in Chinese culture, like the face is sort of connected to a person's almost like dignity, you know? Mm. Like if you lose your face, you know there's an expression that that lose face, like deal yes. Lane, like they're throwing away your face. You face. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, that's great right. Point. Real yeah. big trouble. So I wonder lose if it's face, like yeah. connected in in that way, right? Like, yeah. Like, like you don't want to show emotion because then you'll lose your face to code the face dealer.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> code the face dealer
0: sounds like they're a member of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, uh-huh. code the face dealer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And there is a nice little share me the details moment where we see that the gate in the spirit oasis and the gate in the spirit world both have the same symbol at the top. And unsurprisingly, it's the water symbol. So we sort of understand mm-hmm. the relationship with that portal, which I thought was really cool. So right now, also in the physical world, we're, we're watching as Sokka does his very best to try to track Zuko. But we've seen that it's a blizzard. And unsurprisingly, it, it's just the snow has basically covered all traces. And we know Know that that Zuko's a great tracker, so this is just not happening. And Zuko, who has taken Aang into a cave, is talking to Aang, which is also I love I love moments like that because again, here you have this very lonely character who doesn't really ever talk to anybody except his uncle. And now he's had this series of exchanges, each more significant than the last, including the Blue Spirit, where he's got this relationship with Aang. And now he's got Aang and Aang's unconscious and it's his opportunity to like talk to somebody else. Right. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of makes himself vulnerable. He's all
1: up in his feelings. He's saying things he ain't going to tell Aang when he wakes up. He's like, I finally have you. But I can't get you home because of this blizzard. There's always something. Not that you would understand. You're like my sister. Everything always came easy to her. She's a firebending prodigy, and everyone adores her. My father says she was born lucky. He says I was lucky to be born. But the good thing is he knows Aang's knocked out. He can say whatever he wants to say. But he's definitely feeling vulnerable about his place in the world and his family at the moment.
0: He's really trying to justify himself, it sounds like, too. I mean, if maybe I'm reading too much into it because of my obsession with the Blue Spirit episode and the fact that Zuko so desperately wants to be a part of Team Avatar. Just a theory I'm playing with. Just Just a a theory theory I'm (laughs) playing with. It might not go anywhere. I don't know how great he feels about taking unconscious Aang into the middle of the blizzard and then having him this He cage, had to catch her the like, avatar. That's yeah, his goal. But I don't think he feels great about it. And I think that's part of it is
1: him saying Here's like. He's the kind of guy that gets the job done. I've been trying oh to do this boy. all book one and Here now go. I got him in my grasp. I have him. He's yeah. not
0: awake, but I got him. We see like, oh, you resent Aang in the same way you resent your sister because in your mind, everything's easy for Aang, which is so naive and adorable we all come from where we are in our own heads and our yes, hearts and what's yes, led us yes, there yes, and so the idea that he would see ang that way is a real like oh oh no you're comparing Aang and azula like wow yeah, you he's, are he's in a very big not, woe, woe is me yeah see, I mean, he's
1: beat up he's got cuts on his faces he's been tracking yeah. him through the snow he's he's cold yeah he's been absolutely working. He's but he's tired he's, like, he's been He's been I, I, you this guy know what? Let
0: it be cold. Let it be. Cold. Let this be hard. Let this be the hardest thing. I know what it feels. This is what my life is, and it's what's made me how I, you know, this is who I am. He says it's it's got to be hard me for me. Strong. This is what made me who that's I right. am.
1: All this bad luck that's has right. made me who the heck I am. And I'm yeah. in the snow
0: by myself with an unconscious yeah. boy. Yeah, that's right, Zuko. And who are you? And are you really that proud of that? So. Back at the Northern Water Tribe, the fight is continuing. Now we see those those Fire Nation tanks are just outside the walls. In fact, Cool tanks, by the way. I mean, yeah, the tanks are cool. We all know that. They're cool. Cool But also, how dare you? And so (laughs) they've pulled out this huge chunk of the ice wall. I mean, they are making a huge dent, figuratively and literally. And yet, at the same time, Iroh is still warning Zhao, you know, the Water Tribe is going to become... What he characterizes as undefeatable, undefeatable in the next moonrise, and Xiao, hes just—he's just unflappable. I intend to remove the moon as a factor. Remove the moon. How? What? What? So creepy. Ugh! And before we can find out what he means, Han jumps out in the most like dramatic egotistical <laughs> could have maybe got the jump on Zhao but instead had to announce his presence and throw off his helmet and like shake his beautiful hair and be like let this let it be known it's still in the old mm. out of date
1: armor it's, looking not, old, it's not old great. school yeah right Gene it's got not him, great in another universe he got, he got Zhao and
0: it ended there in our universe he just got flung over the side like it was nothing <laughs> That's a real case of, like, it was one person's most important moment in their life and another person's least important moment in their life. It was so not important for Zhao.
1: Let's just give him a little props. He
0: got there. He got in there. He did. He was at the one-yard line.
2: He had his moment. Wasn't a great moment, but he got the moment.
0: So Zhao just goes on. He's telling Iroh that, you know, he got the opportunity to learn the secret of the moon spirit's mortal form. We hear the story about this underground library. Gosh, that sounds cool. I hope we get more of that in the future for Shadow Report. And also, of course, he feels like it's his destiny to kill these spirits in their mortal forms. Certainly, he feels like he can make that happen with the moon. And Iroh... Does not love this idea. He absolutely no. warned Zhao the spirits are not to be trifled with. And Zhao sort of acknowledges Ira's respect or fear. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I get that you're real into the spirit world or whatever. Right. Just so contemptuous and dismissive. And but Can I say, funny, I didn't know that General Zhao, young
1: Zhao, was such a good student. I didn't realize that. I mean... They cut to him studying
0: in that, that library. I was like, I didn't know Xiao was such if a If there's demon. an opportunity for him to get the upper hand on someone, right, Gene?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's studying for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. He wants to get an A in evil. That's why he's
0: studying. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> and that's not even how you spell evil. Someone has to tell that's him. That's right. <laughs> oh, Zhao. So then we go back to the spirit world, and then we go back to one of your favorite characters, right?
2: Yeah. So... In the spirit world, Aang is approaching this really creepy cave. And it seems like it's not quite as creepy as it first seems because there's this monkey on the side that seems so cute. But the monkey isn't facing Aang. And when he turns around, he has no face. And that is like the first real indication we get of what, what Ko the Face Stealer's power is, right? So he goes into this cave where Ko the Face Stealer is supposed to live. And, and that's the very first time we saw him. I don't know what it was like when you guys saw him. But when I saw him, I was like, this is a Y7 show? I can't yeah. believe it. Oh,
0: no, no, no. Y7 went out the window. Y7 is a dot in the distance. He is so scary. Oh, it's super scary. That's like Twilight Zone.
2: Yeah, he's like a scorpion-ish thing. NEA has like this mouth looking thing that also kind of looks like an eye. And that and like even the
1: monkey without a face was yeah, scary. Dude. Like, as soon as the monkey turned around and
0: had no face, yeah. it reminded me that's of the monkey It's just they, getting started. That's like a, they,
1: they took the girl's yeah. mouth out. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. you're stealing faces for <laughs> real.
0: The monkey without the face is like the amuse bouche
2: for this
1: Why terrifying the meal face, to Co? come of Co? Co. What you gonna do with the monkey's face? We find out later on, actually.
2: Yeah, we do find out later on. And then he switches between the faces, but I, I gotta say, like, some of them look like masks. And then there are animals, yeah. and there are also human faces. And the human faces look the creepiest to me. I think maybe it's just like the human face on the. Right. Yeah. The Did he like, steal one
1: of the avatar's faces, though? Because he is talking to him in the midst of it. Like one of your people came to give him.
2: Yeah. he's talking
0: in that avatar's face. Did one of the avatars lose his face?
2: He's hinting at it.
0: He certainly says he stole a loved one's face. One of the avatars loves.
2: Aang is trying to show no emotion, right? Which is like when I was watching it, it felt weird because I was showing a lot of emotion.
1: I was doing the same thing. I was trying to show no emotion. Every time Aang showed no emotion, I was like, and me too. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> was hard. Not, it's hard. No,
0: I could not do it. I could not. Yeah. I know I was just like, wincing yeah. the whole time. And then the fact that this happened with this avatar seven or eight hundred years ago, then it just all of a sudden you flash through the idea of him stealing faces through hundreds and hundreds of years like oh he has so many faces unless he's like "Mm, just one a year i allow myself one a year i'm on a face diet
2: yeah i don't think he was on a face diet he had he cycled through a whole bunch of faces he
1: says he hasn't stolen a kid's face in a while
2: yeah he did say that
1: what are you doing with all those faces co what are you doing with those faces i want to know
0: there was a moment where it looks like i swear there was a blue mask that there was a blue kind of reminded me of the very... blue spearman I'm not saying it was exactly the same but like I did see it right it
2: was in the same family right they could have been cousins
1: yeah. I saw a baboon. and I thought for a second was that that monkey's face that we saw earlier Is that the? yeah one I saw? think you're right was that the dude I got your, I, I found your face, little guy. It's right
0: on <laughs> Ko's head right now. It's a fresh get, so we wanted to show it off. It's like when you get a new shirt and you can't stop wearing it. He's probably trotting out that poor monkey's face. Look what I
1: got. Baboon face. Bet you don't got one of those. We're like, nah, Ko, I don't got one of those. That's cool. Ugh. Is that limited edition?
2: Yes. Harsh. And, and then we also get the sense that there's some history, right, between the Avatar and, and Ko. Ko says that the Avatar in a previous incarnation actually tried to kill him. So, Aang is learning this, realizing that this monster has like this death grudge against him mm-hmm. because of uh, a past life of his. And while he's doing this, he like does the very avatar thing. He doesn't show any emotion, but he does take this deep breath. And this breath is so deep that it actually reverberates in the real world. And his actual body takes a breath while he's in that cave with Zuko. Yeah. And, and Zuko notices it. So, meanwhile, we cut back to uh, Katara. And everybody else on Appa looking for Aang and Zuko. And they're like worried that they might freeze to death. But Sokka knows that Zuko is a survivor. And no matter how bad stuff gets, he's going to survive. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, oh, all gosh, I can so say
1: true. to little old Katara and Sokka looking for the Avatar. Now, how does it feel, y'all? How does it feel? <laughs> hey, you guys are out here in the cold looking for the Avatar. And y'all worried and stuff and thinking about all these thoughts and whatnot. How how does it feel? Because yep. that's how I've been doing. That's what I've been doing all season. Great long. job. And now I got him. Anyhow, we're back to Ko. And Ko tells Aang that the ocean and moon spirits' name are Tui and La. Push and pull. Ko tells Aang that while Aang thinks he needs the spirits' help, it's actually the spirits who need Aang's help. The spirits are in trouble. I need to get back to the physical world. A friend is here to guide you back. Hey, bye. Good to see the Panda Spirit again. I I always love the Panda Spirit. Panda Spirit is great. Panda Spirit back from the Northern Water Tribe. The sun is almost down and it can't happen soon enough. The Fire Nation has gained a ton of ground. They are just full on taking over the city now. As the Water Tribe's power increase, and they're doing an impressive amount of damage to the Fire Nation, it's really amazing to see as their power grows, as exactly what Uncle Iroh is saying. As the moon rises, they can be undefeatable. But Jao still isn't worried.
2: We'll be following this map to a very special location. And when we get there, we're going fishing.
1: I hate Jao. It's so dark. You know now, when he says go fishing at that moment, you're like, oh. Oh, no. Is Zhao a sociopath? Is He's that what's He's gotta we're be, right?
2: He's, He's just be. so. Why is Jason
0: Isaacs so good at doing this character too? He's so good. He's yeah, so yeah. good. He's so good. I do love that moment where Hey Bai scares the baboon spirit because oh, the baboon yeah. spirits like hey Bai turns into angry Hey Bai for just a moment, and you're like, he, yeah. he is scary too. <laughs> so Hey Bai takes Aang to the portal where he entered the spirit world, sends him back with this really cool blow of blue air, but. Aang comes back and there's no body. He can't be seen by Momo. We see him in his kind of glowing, ethereal state. And this is a really interesting moment. And Gene, and I would love your thoughts on this as an insider. But the fact that he doesn't know where his body is, but suddenly he just shoots through the sky, like in this almost like a comet, and crosses the sky to head back into his own body. I mean, we've not seen that before, right?
1: i have not seen. That was a surprise. I thought it was going to be harder to get
0: back to his body. And Katara right. sees it. What's that all about?
2: You know, I, I think some of it is that the rules of the spirit world are just much more nebulous at this mm. point. It's more like a metaphorical thing that that takes on like a physical form. I, I think about how they do the the spirit world in this episode all the time. Like when I was writing those books, because we had spirit world scenes yeah and if you make it too logical it doesn't feel like the spirit world anymore right it's more like he really wants his body and then that want manifests itself in him becoming like a like a comet
1: it happened quick I, he got back to his body quicker than i
0: thought yeah yeah and then you know when ang comes to there's this great <laughs> there's a great young man sassy moment where he's like welcome back
1: good to be back
0: it's not looking super great for Aang, but of course our heroes, including Appa, MVP, show up and Katara has her second chance to kind of freeze Zuko into that pillar of ice that she did. We did see a version of that right before he takes Aang. She did a really good, it was very impressive, it didn't work. The moon's um, high, old, Yeah, so she's got that second chance and she does freeze him into it and they're about to leave him and Aang can't do it. And it's another what great moment, very blue spirit very lovely. And everyone's like, what? And, you know, of course, Sokka has his line of like, great, great idea. Let's bring this guy who always tries to kill us. Let's save him. Sure. But we know. And uh, they bring him along. He's unconscious. We jump over to the koi pond and you just see this hand he just lunges in violently. You can tell it just doesn't have any respect and grabs the koi. And boom, the second he does it, the moon just goes Red. So scary. We have heard about A Moon Turning Red. It pops up in other stories and other fables and other myths and other it's stories. It's called the apocalypse. It's called the end of the yeah, world. It, it's mm-hmm. never good. It, when is it ever good? Never good. For anyone. This connection is very real. And Yue, in this sort of exchange of like, oh, guys, what are we going to do? This is really bad. And we hear her tell her story. When I was born, I was very sick and very weak. Most babies cry when they're born, but I was born as if I were asleep. Our healers did everything they could. They told my mother and father I was going to die. My father pleaded with the spirits to save me. That night, beneath the full moon, he brought me to the oasis and placed me in the pond. My dark hair turned white. I opened my eyes and began to cry, and they knew I would live.
1: Give that platinum blonde white
0: hair. And I guess that's just her story, and it's not going to be important. Great, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. She, Luckily, she's alive. Luckily, she was made alive before this horrible thing happened to the moon spirit. I'm surprised, Sokka. That wasn't the first question Sokka asked her. Like, hey, what's up with your
1: white hair? How old are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's cute and all, but like, is that your it's real hair? It's very cute
0: and beautiful. Let's take a quick break. This is too stressful. Okay. Uh, I want to enjoy UA uh, for as long as we can. All right, Jean, take us into this next tense part, please.
2: Zhao, at this point, is feeling really, really good about himself. All of the stuff that he's been dreaming about since he was trying to get that A in evil, even though that's not how you spell evil, in that library (laughs) is now coming to fruition. And he's like bragging about it until Momo attacks him. And then the whole team arrives. Aang begs Zhao not to kill the fish. And Iroh also kind of steps up and also backs up Aang. And, and I think this is like further proof that Iroh is eventually going to become a really different character from what people had imagined.
0: It is such a great moment. And Mako just turns it on full force. We feel the power of him as an actor. Whatever you do to that spirit, I'll unleash on you tenfold. Let it go Now! He just drives so much power
2: into those words. When Iroh first shows up, you don't think of him as like this really mighty general, right? Because he's like diminutive and he's kind of pudgy. And this is the moment where you see it. We're like, all right, that dude, that dude used to command armies. It is
0: so fierce. Zhao, don't do it. And it seems like it's working, right? Yeah,
2: it seems like it works. And Zhao gently puts the fish back into the pond. But then at the last minute, the evil comes back. And he he sends a blast of fire into the the pond and, and kills the fish. I hate him. And everything doesn't go red. It goes gray. Everything goes gray. Can we
1: just have one moment of silence for RIP for the dang moon spirit? Like, it's awful. Yeah, it was awful. Hey, I was like, that didn't really happen. Like, again, oh, it's this awful. is, you know, Nickelodeon.
2: Yeah, Nickelodeon.
1: This is, like, after school on a Thursday, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's, like, a lot of cartoons will, like, hint at doing something really evil. But we all know they're not going to do it. Yeah, And yeah. then That's all of a sudden, right. not only did they, they do it in such a horrible way, it's like, I'm not going to do it. Then he just turns back and hits him with a firebolt. And then you're like, oh, yeah, oh, he did it. It's oh, he awful. killed. Oh, That fish awful. is dead. He killed the fish. We're in great world.
2: Even as a writer, you know, the the moment is awful, but the writing is brilliant. It's amazing. So good. So great. It's so good. What a ride. A common thing is you have like the, the weather or the environment kind of reflect what's happening in the characters, right? Like if, if your character's feeling sad, you'll have a rain. But they're doing it in a way where that reflection actually makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you kill this, this fish that's actually tied to the actual moon. They built all that up. And now when the weather changes or when the environment changes, there's an actual story reason for it reflecting everybody's mood
0: and it's such a different kind of cold right yeah, i mean we're used yeah, to, we're like right. we've been in a freaking blizzard with the northern water tribe we've been living in the water tribe for three episodes it, that's cold yeah, we all admit that's, that's right. cold and then the moon goes gray and it just feels
2: cold red seemed creepy this is so much worse than red right? so
0: much worse Iroh's not loving it
2: Iroh's not loving it and then yue says
0: there's no hope now
2: over. but there is hope
0: no it's
2: not over ang responds and he responds in this kind of scary way he gets into the avatar state it's amazing so that the fish and ang together they become like this embodiment of the ocean spirit they become this giant monster made of water with like a fish head and the music at this point just goes crazy it's absolutely amazing it's like back in the day you know Movies are one level and TV is like at a lower level. But this was sort of like this was part of the great merging where that's no longer the case. Right. I feel like this moment, it would have been like a movie moment, right? But in a TV show. Dead
0: on. Dead on. So true.
2: Y7 TV show.
0: (laughs) I know. I know.
2: Yeah, it's so stunning. It was really beautiful
1: and striking. And again, the music. Shout out to Jeremy and Ben, the amazing, amazing sound work.
2: They did such a great job. And so this big monster goes out, and then the two nations have these really different reactions to it, right? Like the water nation starts bowing to it and worshiping it. And the Fire Nation freaks out and it just we goes out. crazy. We out. Yeah, Big it goes water crazy fish. on the Fire Nation. Big Koizilla. We, we're gone.
1: We're out of here.
0: Yeah, it and it's right. actually, that's what everybody called it, right? They called it, they called the spirit of the ocean Koizilla in a very loving way. Fire Nation was like, we don't want none of this action. We don't want none of this. <sighs> With Aang in the center and that nucleus and that ball oh, of energy... Man. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. See,
2: the the other thing that, that blew me away about this moment, especially with the writing is like, like normally in a moment like this, you just want to see the hero just decimate the villains, right? right? But because yeah. they put Aang in the middle of that monster, you don't want him to go too far because you know... Like if he goes oh. too far, that goes against who he is, right? He just refused to kill Zuko. Yeah. And now it really feels kind of dangerous. Like if he starts killing Fire Nation soldiers, this is yeah. gonna be like
1: it got close though. He's he's doing yeah. some damage.
2: Yeah, he, he was, was doing destroying some, some ships.
1: He's yeah. destroying ships. He's destroying ships.
2: Yeah. And then he sends the Fire Nation into retreat and he kind of deposits Aang in like on like this little bridge and the water just kind of disappears. But not completely. Not yeah.
0: First, you're like, oh, I guess that was Quizilla. Like, I guess it got the job done. I guess that's that for now.
2: For now. I
1: mean, the the moon's still dead. The moonfish is still.
0: <sighs> and <sighs> weasley Zha- old Zhao, right, D? Right. He's just like. Speaking mm, of Zhao, way.
1: Weasley, as Uncle Ira was kicking butt of all the other Fire Nation soldiers around him, Zhao, sneaky, butt got away. But hold up. Who goes to chase him? Zuko. Yeah. Zuko goes to attack Zhao. They fight. There's a really great fight going on. You're alive? You tried to have me killed! Ah!
0: Yes, I did. You're the blue
2: spirit. An enemy of the Fire Nation. You...
1: Which, I, you know, I get it, Zhao, but still, that's a little intense. And then back at the pond, Koi is dead. But Iroh points out that Yue has some of the moon's life in her and everything is gray except Yue's beautiful blue eyes, and she is somber, and she knows that she has something that she has to do, and nothing Sokka can say to her will stop her. I won't let you. Your father told me to protect you. I have to do this. She touches the fish, and the life goes out of her and into the fish. And all this happens really, really fast. And it's pretty shocking. And then Yue, she disappears in Sokka's arms. And now she's the spirit. She becomes an actual spirit. and really beautiful image of her flowy mm-hmm. kind of spirit. Stunning. She says a very somber goodbye to Sokka. Goodbye, Sokka. I'll always be with you. I mean, it, we gotta break up. This is a pretty good way <laughs> to break up. <laughs> but guess what? He kisses a beautiful spirit and then the moon returns the blue sea monster notices that the moon is back and then we see aang collapse we realize how much that must have taken out of him the water
0: delivers him back to the city
1: so epic it's like all these epic things going yeah. on. yeah
0: well it's like you said too Gene. the idea of not wanting aang in the avatar state to to do something that causes more un imbalance than balance and it's so reassuring that Immediately after the moon is restored, we see the recognition of, okay, we got where we needed to be. I don't need to continue doing this because the power has gone back to where it should be, which is with the Water Tribe. But it's not over with Zhao and Zuko. They are very much still fighting it out. And they do notice that the moon is back as well. And just as we see and Zhao sort of on the ground and we actually see... These sort of tendrils that become hands, and once again we see this Koizilla rise up. It's just his giant kind of hand, and it's super scary. And Zuko, in a very ang move, very ang move, offers his hand. Take my hand. And we see Zhao make. A decision as fast as things are moving in this episode, we still see the moment where Zhao goes, I don't want to be saved, yeah. especially by you. Right? Yeah. Well, That's guess right. what? I offered my hand,
1: I was actually happy, you didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why can't you let that act of honor and humanity stand on its own? Why do you have to say you were happy? Because I that hate he
2: didn't take it. Jow. That was kind of
0: awesome, though. <laughs> I appreciate it. And he disappears under the water. And I think it's a way of us as Y7s, potentially, also at least the trauma of like witnessing a, a death. I- he chose that. Right. At least we sort of know that he had some control over that. And I think it tempers the trauma of that a little bit, especially for younger viewers, because I would have been not okay if I were seven. There's consequences for evil. Absolutely. So he's gone. And we kind of move through and we start visiting with these various members of the of, of our team of the Northern Water Tribe and so forth. Paku is feeling like now that this has all happened, he feels ready and inspired to go to the Southern Water Tribe and maybe help them rebuild. But he's been Aang's instructor and Aang still has much, much, much learning to do. And Paku very confidently says that you know he's gonna have to call katara master which is a wonderful full circle right from paku saying women can't even do this to acknowledging that she is a master herself and that she will be able to teach the avatar how to waterbend not bad thank you master paku for seeing the light chief arnok is of course heartbroken about losing yue but he also says we never would have had her to begin with had it not been for the moon so he knew the deal he knew he knows he totally recognizes and of course he's so proud so he gets to have that that wonderful wonderful pride i knew this day would come you must be proud so proud and sad beautiful moment So we know that Katara's got her work cut out for her. We know that we're going to be leaving this northern water tribe without Princess Yue existing other than her spirit being in the moon. Iroh and and Zuko are leaving, and Iroh's a little surprised that he's not leaving with the Avatar. I have to say, I don't think Iroh's that surprised, Uh, but he wants to kind of—it's his way of acknowledging that it's happening. And Zuko says he's just—he's tired.
1: I'm tired. Mm. He is tired. He's mm. cut up. He's literally just laying on the deck of the ship exhausted like mm-hmm. I'm good on the Avatar yeah. situation. And
0: by the way, it's not even a ship. It's like a little raft, right? Raft. It's just kind of small, almost like a little pontoon that they built. Uncle, what happened to our it's ship? Very humble. Where are we it's doing? Very humble. And Iroh says, you should rest. You know, he says a man needs his rest. And I just want to shout out, that was a, a question that Jack Zeno sent in to us. He made the point that we see at the beginning of this season and we see it at the end that that twice Zuko says that he's tired and twice mm. Iroh gives him the same message back. And this time right. Zuko listens to it, which is... Your-
1: There's something beautiful about like a man needs his rest. And you, and you almost feel like, oh, well, you're wrapping up book one. It actually has this kind of almost a good feeling of a wrap-up with the gang and even with Zuko just getting a little chance to rest yeah but then what happens Varney?
0: we couldn't just leave on that note everybody feeling pretty okay other than what happened to Yue they're all looking up at the moon that acknowledgement of their appreciation for the sacrifice that she made but no Then we gotta go straight over to, like, a throne of flames? I mean, he's just surrounded by flames. Like, oh, let me just have flames everywhere. All around me, all the time, everywhere. It's a little over the top, Ozai. Sorry. Yeah, I said it. And he's talking about what a traitor his own son is, and that he has a task for the other young person who is there, who is kneeling before him, and we have a very bad feeling as we see this yeah. smirking excited. Yeah, she looks so happy about it. Azula, just, yes! This is all I want. Yes, please let me hunt down my brother. Let me hunt down Zuzu. And I just talked
1: about her, how saying she was a protege, and every she's the luckiest one, and everyone loves her, and she's mm-hmm. like the best fireman, and then and then you see her smirking like I'm gonna kill my brother. What a psychopath.
0: Yeah, which by the way, <laughs> again, mega foreshadow report, but I'm not sure his characterization of how she's seen by everyone in her community is that she's like, I know,
1: but that's what you feel like when you're like being woe is me when you're feeling this
0: way. It's what he sees. He has a warped perspective. <laughs> spirit world animals as we've rounded out this episode we've we've seen some new ones there i don't think we saw anything new in the physical world the monkey guy was know. a new guy the yeah. monkey
2: guy there's also a wolf in the background like <gasps> he, they, they, they just only it. show up for like a couple of I seconds
0: i missed it all together gene there's,
2: there's a wolf in the background in one of the spirit scenes oh, I and it. i got so obsessed with that wolf we actually <sighs> pulled her into one of the comics
1: of course there's the the no face monkey
2: and the face no face monkey, monkey. Poor everybody's no face. favorite no face monkey. I mean, I'm already yes.
1: in the spirit world, and now I don't got a face. Yeah, like what's sucks, going on? Man.
0: <laughs> it's that's rough. Hey, any, it's the spirit world, yeah, anything's possible. Maybe I'll get his funny. little face back. Who knows? Can I get my face back? Maybe get his face back. <laughs> Maybe Ko will get tired of it. Most valuable bending and most valuable non bending moments in this episode, the season finale. Oh.
2: Ooh. most valuable bending, man. Gene,
0: you go first
2: maybe Quozilla, right? Yeah, that's some serious water bending. So regular bender bending, I I think it would have to be Katara and Zuko, right? That's where she earns her master moment. This is the moment that she gets to be a waterbender master. Yeah, she's for, a master. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, very the, good point. I'll tell you the
1: most the most valuable evil bending mm. that <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. Barney. So General Zhao did Ugh. some fire bending. Uh, awful. Fried yeah. some fish. Awful. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. What about most valuable non-bending moment? Because oh yeah, I feel I have one, and there's a lot of them in this episode. What's yours? I think I think I agree with you, Varney. What What's is yours? It? Well, I was gonna say Zuko offering his hand to mm. Zhao because showing that side of his humanity. Don't cringe like you're embarrassed of Zuko's beautiful heart inside. He of did his it. Broken I, you mean soul. he did
1: it? But he was so He's, happy. It the is. The guy such... pulled back. He was like. okay. <laughs> Back, I don't care how happy he was. was. He like, did right, the I right
0: did thing. It. I did it. The I restraint. You the you the saw restraint. It. He doesn't want to kill people. He doesn't. He didn't want to kill Zhao the first time he they fought. Want to kill he doesn't Zhao. want. Iroh doesn't want him to kill people. He does not want to kill people. He doesn't and want to kill it people. It is he... a tremendously fish. generous act. He killed the fish. Yeah, but. I mean, I think that's in well, terms of what that lays the groundwork continues to lay very important groundwork right. for in season two and three. I no, think course, that moment is massive. But because if ever there moment, were a moment where we would be fine with him just letting something happen, right? And It'll the fact that one. he's still like, "Let me help you." Oh, it's great.
1: But the most what valuable non-bending moment to me, I think, it's definitely got to be UA. Oh, you're right.
0: There becoming you go. The moon. You know, like, you're right. That's right, you're right. Becoming
2: the moon. I tried that's to like, give it to Zuko. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. I like. What about Momo attacking Zhao? I mean, in terms of scale, right? Yeah. In terms of yeah. how much you yeah. could do as a lemur. That, I mean, Especially in that brave. moment.
0: Somebody yeah. had to take yeah. him down a notch. I and mean, Momo was happy to oblige. Yeah, it, it
2: was the smallest one in the whole area. In the whole Momo. cave area. I
0: know. No, you're right about UA. See, that's another yeah. thing where for some reason in my head, that's part of the kind of bigger magical stuff but spirit world thing it's kind of a bending thing but, but we don't but know what d- that she's is. not bending I mean she yeah, 100% yeah. knows that she's giving up her life of course that's the most valuable bending she's melting away I'll say the most valuable character building non-bending moment is when Zuko hands his, his hand I to, like that to Zhao but the most powerful and most important non-bending is Yue oh so good you guys this has been wonderful. I feel a sense of like so- of sadness of saying goodbye to book one, but I'm so excited. We did it.
1: Farney, we've been on this journey through the first book, and we made it through I... first book. We made it to this point. We did it.
0: And we're going to do just one more episode where we bring back in some new friends and fans for a little fun, just like big, high-energy celebration because right now I do feel like I'm celebrating, but I also feel like I'm mourning. Right. Oh, okay. But we you
1: get to test some of our knowledge in the next episode? <laughs> all the knowledge we acquired? That was the
0: best, like, brother-sister reaction you could have had. I'm like, I feel like I'm celebrating, but I'm also mourning. Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> all right. You you got to mourn. I get it. Go
1: mourn. Go mourn. I'm trying to show up all the facts that I know now.
0: And you know so many, you know so many. Jean, oh my gosh, what a priceless and wonderful addition to this monumental episode that we wanted to get through. I cannot wait for you to come back. This was
1: so fun. I'm sure we're going to get bombarded with a lot of questions about what you wrote about in the comics. I get a lot of questions in real life all the time. About the search in particular,
0: about the promise, about all these things. We're going to have to dedicate an episode to each one of those. Like, we're going to have to... That's happening. We're going to have to come back and really get into I would love
2: it. to talk to you all about, yeah, about it's the comics. Happening. That'd be great. That's but this was super fun. I mean, that, like... So <sighs> Janet assigned me the the homework of, of watching that episode again. And I watched it with my daughter last night. And I was just like, hey, this show is so good. My friend was right. This is the best show that America's ever produced. It's amazing.
0: What does your daughter say? Does she know it inside and out too? Oh yeah. Or does she, she cry she as much knew. as I like, cry when? It's like all uh, things yeah. Happen? She's watched
2: it like a billion times. Yeah. She's not, only nine. I think that's probably the show that she's watched the most in her life. Mm. Is Avatar? Oh wow. Good choice. Yeah. That's Good amazing. choice. Yeah, absolutely. The Wait, Gene, can brain.
0: people follow you places? What else should yeah. they know about?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook at Jean Luen Yang. That's my my name: G E N E L U E N Y N G. No spaces. And then right now, I'm working on Shang-Chi for Marvel. I'm writing Shang-Chi. Oh, awesome. yeah. Doing it You're with working on Shang-Chi. With the That's artist uh, D.K. Ruan. Yeah, it's it's been so, so fun cool. to work on. That's it's, it's been amazing. Great. What a great job. <laughs> That's and so awesome. And then for DC, I'm doing uh, a book called Monkey Prince, which will debut next February. And it's about a magical monkey. I mean, it's not exactly the monkey that we saw in the spirit world. Yeah, it makes no us
1: feel face. better. It does make us feel better right now, though. Throw a monkey in there with no face, face, and we'll know that there's a crossover going on. (laughs) A little wink, wink at the audience.
0: And everyone who's not familiar with the Avatarverse will be like, what's up? Someone just forgot to illustrate that monkey's face. What an oversight. Oh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. We will talk to you next week. Follow us on social media. I'm at Janet Varney on Twitter, at the JV Club on Instagram. You are at Dante Bosco, basically everywhere. Everywhere,
1: except for on TikTok at Dante. We'll see everybody next Tuesday.
0: And make sure to rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find a podcast. So thank you, friends.